everyone. Welcome to episode two of Recipe for Success. I am so honored today and so thrilled to have a good friend of mine here with us today, Mr. Bob Birdsong. Hi, Bob. Hi, Laurie. Uh, Bob and I have known each other for oh, probably about 10, 12 years now. Um, and I met you at 211 when correct. I was there at 211. I'm going I'm to kind of work a little bit backwards with okay. our, our talk today because um, we'll start with where we met. And so you came to see me at 211 and you had really not been that involved yet in the community. Um, and here we are 10, 12 years later and you have knocked this community off its <laughs> So. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about you know, our audience about what inspired you to get involved, uh, you know, and, and then what is it that makes you passionate about the work you do? Well, I've, I've always said that when, when I can afford to give back time, not just monetarily, but time-wise as well, and intellectual capital, contact, that I would. It's always been very important to me. I just, it took me a while to get in a position I was able to do that. So I attended the 211 breakfast, um, and then I came and met you, and... <laughs> You started your relentlessness there. Oh, wait, there's a story to this. We're going to get yeah, to there, that there's after. More of a, there's more of a story. But, um, and I joined a board. And I didn't even know at that time what it was like to be on a board. They said, you want to be on a board? I said, sure. And then six months later, through happenstance, I found myself the vice chair of the board. And then about eight months after that, I found myself the chair of the board. And this is still me wet behind the ears, not knowing what a board really did or was and, and kind of, you know, fake it till you make it type thing. Well, you have faked it till you made it really, really well. From 211, you've gone on to other organizations, Handy, Broward Health uh, Foundation, lots of other probably that I'm not even listing. Um, right. But there's something that you get from that, and there's something I think you certainly bring to those experiences and to those organizations. You know what I think? I think... Um these nonprofits are businesses and they need to be run like a business. And I think my forte is because of what I went through at 211, you know, we transitioned a lot during those couple of years. Not, not just the time I was there, but before and after. And, and I, and I kind of got the formula for being able to not fix, but tweak a board and make it run the way it should. And my next chairmanship was Broward Health Foundation. And we've, if you've known anything about Broward Health <laughs> over the last couple of years, there's a little stigma that follows us around, but we've, we've fought our way through it, and we've been very successful. And then Handy, um, who was, uh, Handy was just rebounding at that point from, from, from a little trouble, and we, and we went on there, and, and now Handy's just, not, not because of my efforts, but because of the team efforts and everything, it's just an incredible organization. And there's other ones, you know. Um, I, just, I just feel that if, if, if an opportunity lends itself to you and, and you can enrich that organization, then it's incumbent on you to be able to do that. Yeah, I think, um, and now, by the way, I just want to say happily that uh, I finally convinced Bob to come on the JA board, so I am thrilled, uh, <laughs> and we're all thrilled to have your knowledge and expertise. But you mentioned the word fix, right? And so sometimes I always thought of myself as a fixer. Mm -hmm. um, so talk a little bit about you know, maybe some of the things that happened to you prior, some of your experiences uh, through the Navy, um, and some of those other experiences that maybe taught you how to fix, right? Well, things. when I was in the Navy, I was, um, I, was, I was a young officer, 
and I went to the Naval Academy and I got out and I went through the Naval Nuclear Power Program and ended up on a submarine, the USS Narwhal, and it was a very old submarine, and, but it was a one-of-a-kind submarine. And I learned so much about Navy life and there's, there's experiences that I'll take away from my time in the Navy that are just invaluable and I would, I would never give up. And then at one point there was an incident on board my submarine and I found myself commanding it for eight months. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So from a, an, a lower officer Well, I was, at the time, I was a third senior person on board. Okay. But I certainly wasn't in line for command. And, and, and once they found a real person to command, <laughs> the submarine, they gave, they gave it to him. But, but, it, but it was just, just a leap in, in, in stature and a leap in, in responsibility. And, and what happened in the, the steps that it took to get there wasn't valuable to me. And so I like to come into an organization and say, hey, you know, we have the parts in place. Let's just make them better. Let's figure out what we have to do. If, if you don't have a good CEO, an executive director, you're, you're, you're dead in the water in any of these organizations. So that's the first ingredient to, yeah. to, to a successful 501c3. But probably successful any company, right? That's, that's is correct. Strong leadership, right? With a strong vision. Yes. Um, and I know that that's something that you like junior have team. brought. Of course, like yeah. junior <laughs> team. But that's something you have brought to each organization. So you you mentioned that there was uh, a lot that uh, that you had to learn, probably right, as you stepped into that commanding officer position. Yes. Um, so quickly and unexpectedly. So what were some of the things that you think made you successful? Uh, or what were some of, the, and, and even before that, what were some of the things that they saw in you that, that even prompted them to put you into that role? Well, they looked and they saw that I was the next guy in line. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been more. Yeah, right. I'm sure. So it's like, um, well, let's see. Oh, there's Bob. He's next. So let's put him in there. And, um, and then I got a crash course on commanding because it's funny, back then in the height of the Cold War, um, a submarine commander was probably the only person in, in the Navy or the military that could start a war on his own. Wow. You could shoot missiles without anyone's knowing that you weren't supposed to. Did you shoot any? No. Okay, good. No. I've never <laughs> shot anything, thank you. <laughs> I've never shot anything. But it was such an immense honor and such an immense uh, privilege to be able to serve my country in that capacity and the faith that they had in me kind of fortified in me and, and, and made me know that I must have some kind of value to the, to the planet, the world, the, the community, that they had that kind of trust in me. So the support, uh, just so, so you know what I'm doing, uh, we always write down the ingredients uh, to someone's success and then we read the recipe at the end of the interview. And so, so the support of those around you and, and, and those that felt that you were prepared Correct. and could do the job um, for it. So, um, so the support of that, so Navy, uh, from Navy, where did, where did you go next and what, how did you apply what you had learned there? I, um, um, my wife at the time unexpectedly passed away and I was a father of a nine month old son and the Navy kind of kicked me out because you can't be a single parent and go to a command, sea command in the Navy. So I got out and I applied for a job at a, at a place that could offer me health insurance and that's where I landed in the company that I now own. Wow. Yeah, so I would be terrible at a job interview because I've never actually been on one. <laughs> I've so, given them, but I can't, I, can't, I can't be on the other side. So there's something, when I asked you for some information um, about you and maybe some things that people didn't know, one of the things you mentioned was that you had also been a Florida Highway 
patrolman. Yes. Was that before this? That was during the Navy. During my during. last hitch in the Navy, they had a program where you could you could train, go through the academy, become a Florida Highway Patrol auxiliary officer, which is the same thing as a, a, a and 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 I did that for four years because I wanted people to know that cops could be nice people. You know, right. it's there, there's there's such a they get such a bad rap because all you see on TV is the bad things that happen. And I wanted to be able to get out there and help people and be nice and be cordial and maybe change people's opinions of law enforcement just on some microscopic scale. You know, so far, there's definitely a theme to to our discussions here. I mean, we started with helping organizations and communities. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about serving your nation, right, and protecting and, and helping all of us to have the freedom that we have. Right. Uh, you've talked about the being a Florida Highway Patrol and wanting to help people and also to change the perspective. Yes. Uh, and the perception. And so there's definitely a theme, uh, and I have to I have to guess that helping people is has been part of your journey to success. It, it it's. It's something that you have to do. I mean, if you're in a position to help somebody, I'm a big fan also of paying it forward. Just this morning, I was in the line at Dunkin' Donuts, and a lady let me line in front of her. And I, when it got up to the time to pay, I told her, I'm going to buy her food, and please tell her to pay it forward. And, and nice. you know, I'm a big fan of paying things forward, and it's like, when I, was, when, I was, when I was chairing Handy, those kids were so great and so amazing. And, and you know, and every time I'd say, they'd say, thank you for the opportunity, I said, I would tell them, pay it forward. When you can, just pay it forward. Help somebody else achieve the things that you've achieved. And Handy had a 97% uh, of, their, of their kids who graduated high school went on to post-secondary education. I don't even have that with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's a little difficult when we're their parent. The Birdsong residence it, do. it doesn't have that <laughs> high success. It doesn't have that same right. percentage. Um, yeah, but so, so helping others and paying it forward, really, really important to you. So uh, for those, as Bob mentioned, I'm wearing this crazy shirt. Um, so there is a story to this. It says relentless, for, just in case you can't see it. And so, whoops, sorry about that. And so one of the things i you know part of my job is having to raise money mm -hmm. uh, several million dollars and so um bob as someone in the community who has been very generous with many organizations of course i i came to him and had to ask him for money and or to be involved to be on the board i mean i chased you right. for a little bit you played hard to get for a while um and so finally one day bob said to me you are relentless <laughs> And, and I said, huh, is that a good thing or not a good thing? And, and he was really nice. And, and you said to me, no, that's, that's a good thing, right? So I, I think it was a day later or two days later, I was shopping in my favorite stores, which is Marshall and TJ Maxx, <laughs> and I came across this shirt. And so I sent a picture to Bob and said, here you go. I found my shirt. Um, and I wear it. I bought it. And I wear it proudly um, when I sometimes work out. Um, but so that is one of the ingredients that I think, and, and relentless in a positive way, yes. right? not a negative way, that has been one of the ingredients to my success. And I think to when you have to raise money. Absolutely. Um, what, what would your shirt say? What would be the one word that would be across your shirt if you were wearing? Um, here I have this pretty dress on today and I'm wearing this shirt. Wow. I, I, would, I would think that my shirt would, um, would say mentor. 
Because, you know, not only um, what do I want to mentor the kids in the organizations that I'm part of, but I also like to mentor other junior board members. I like to mentor people out in the community. I have four or five actual people, business people that I mentor. I meet with them once a quarter and we have lunch. We talk about their businesses and, and what they could be doing and what, and you know, and give my perspective on, on what it is they're doing. Um, and I've got a couple axioms in business that are, that, that work in business as, as well as, as in, in philanthropy. But relentless, taking no for an answer is not always a good thing, mm. you know? <laughs> and nobody knows that more than you do, right? <laughs> no, sometimes we do have to take no for an answer, but it takes me a long time yeah. to understand no means no. <laughs> um, so, so I get that. But I love that word mentor, and, and that's a great one. So you've built, uh, you, you went in, as you said, as an employee to the mm -hmm. company that you now own, OK Generators. Uh, I know that you also have interest and in ownership in, in some other business, which we won't, won't right. go into the details of. But what, I mean, you've grown OK Generators to way beyond where it was when you got there. Right. What is it that has made that successful? Right? How did you do that? What do, what do you have? Or what does the company have that made it? Successful? Lack of complacency. Uh, you, you can't be complacent. You can't sit on your laurels. You can't. The world is changing. Commerce is changing on a daily basis. You have to be able to adapt and 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 look forward into what's what's going to happen. Maybe if there was some kind of organization, a marketing consulting organization available to some of these companies out in, out in the business world that um uh, that. It's, it's a great investment, so it, it, would, it would be a great investment. You don't know of anything like that, do you? Mm, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe one. Um, so yes, lack of complacency, right? Always staying relevant, right. so important. I know that we face that here. I mean, as you said, we are training over 50,000 students a year to be prepared for the workforce right. and for life tomorrow. Well, if we don't stay relevant in how we teach them, mm -hmm. right, and how we as a business, as you said, even though we're a 50 status, we still have to stay relevant to the community, sure. right? And to employers like you, um, who tell us what you need in those students, right? Just like, just like in commerce, you have to provide a service that people want and people need. If, if you don't, then you become a dinosaur and, and you get swept away because I will tell you in Broward County, there's um, over almost 6,000 registered nonprofits in Broward County and they're all competing for the same dollars. And, and it's like I told a panel discussion I was in not too long ago. If, you're, if, you're, if your cause is blind, three-legged, diabetic dogs, one-eyed dogs, then, then there's five there's five places that, that cater to them in, in this community and you have to align yourself with the one that you think is going to give you not ROI because that's not the right word but but bang for the buck you have to help the people that are going to help the, the provide the most help to whatever cause it is right but so so that brings up um, so when you hear that you're absolutely right right just as any other business we are competing for right. those dollars and competing to serve these students do you face that? Are there is there a lot of competition in in the generator business? Uh, there is within this, the, the the state of Florida is a very fertile market, and there's five major players in in the generator uh, industry. In this, we, the the guys that build hospitals and and casinos and everything. Then there's about 37 other people that work out of their garage that say they can do the same things. Right. So. 
I have, I have two tiers of competitors. I have guys that are much bigger than me, and then they, we have me, and then I have about 37 guys that are a lot smaller than me to try to be me every day. Right. And so I have to set myself apart from not only them, but the guys up top too. So setting yourself apart, whether it's the company and also you as a leader. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, so, and how do you do that? Well, I have a very interesting function within my company. Um, I, I am the rainmaker. I go out and I find these jobs. We, we specialize. We do jobs that nobody else can do um, from a technical standpoint because of my education. I went back and got a second degree in electrical engineering after leaving the Navy, and, and that's what I've been doing. You know, and I've been working in this industry for 30 years. So I, I know things, and I've been places within this industry that others haven't. And people use me for my expertise and my knowledge. And at the end of the day, if they have a complex project, I'm the first one they call to be able to bid that project. So you bring unique experience yes. and knowledge to the table, number one. And number two, you also mentioned being a rainmaker. Being a rainmaker means that you have to uh, build and, and cultivate and steward relationships. Correct. Would you say? Yes. And so has that been a part of success in business as well as in nonprofits in the community? Well, so when you go out in the community and you go to any one function and there's 200 people in the room, 100 of them are attorneys, you know, 50 <laughs> no of them are... offense to the attorneys. Yeah, no, everyone needs more attorneys. I, I have several. <laughs> 50 of them are CPAs and the rest are, and 49 of them are um, uh, realtors and then one generator guy. <laughs> So, when so you're you out do there, stand out. Yeah. So when you're out there and you're, and really, I, I don't know of any other generator person out in the community that's doing the kind of things I'm doing, and that's fine, but it's, it's parlayed into some pretty um, nice projects for us over the years. Right. So relationships, so important. Sure. You know, for sure, that is something that has been critical to, to our success here at JA is building those relationships right. uh, and connecting with the right people. Um, so I asked you before uh, you came in today to, to tell me a couple of things about you that everybody else might not know, right? Yeah. They might know that you're in the Navy because yeah. I know you've spoken in other places. They might know that you're an electrical engineer. Um, My primary degree is in nuclear engineering. I know nuclear. I'm not yeah. sure how you would apply that here in uh, South Florida. Exactly right. <laughs> So electrical engineering That's is why I had to go a back to more, school. Right. A little bit more uh, common. But so you, you gave me one of the things was the Florida Highway Patrol, which we talked a little bit about. But so you're, for lack of a better word, you're kind of a buff guy, right? You're kind of solid. Um, work out, obviously. Um, but you've done something that most people might not know in that physical <laughs> fitness world. When I turned 50, I decided that I was going to be in the best shape of my life, and I did, and I did a Bowflex commercial. And it, it's, I lost money doing it because what happened is when you do a commercial like that, you sign over your likeness to the entity that hired you. So because I was on stage at all these galas and everything like that, it came to their attention that I, that, that I was on, you know, so I had to, buy, I had to pay them $5,000 to buy back my likeness. And then every time the commercial aired, I got a check for $114.13. <laughs> at, at first, it was a lot of checks, and now it trickled down, and now it's only countries that in and stand. 
it's like every third month. I'll get, I'll see, check it. So you have royalties coming in. Yeah, this. Pakistan, <laughs> Afghanistan, Kazakhstan, one of those. But I still get a check every once in a while. Was it a good experience, though? I mean, it's something unique, certainly. It was. It, it, at the age of 50, to get in the kind of shape I had to get back into was rough because we shot the commercial on December 12th. And so I had to go all the way through the holiday season without eating. Yeah, that was not good. So that takes discipline. Yes. Right? And commitment. Right. Um, can you talk a little bit about those two traits? Because obviously you have them if you, if you could accomplish that. But also how, it's, how those traits have played into your other successes. Well, if, you've, if you're ever going to take on any endeavor, no matter what it is, business, uh, philanthropic, any endeavor, if you're not committed to it, you might as well just stop right there. You know, if, if it can't receive your commitment, your effort, and your time, then you're dead in the water. And whether you have the best idea, there are so many people so much smarter than me that have not made it in this world. And there's so many people that, that are not as smart as me that have made it much bigger in this world. So I think luck is a part of it, but I think you can manufacture your own luck. And I think that one of the things that I tell young entrepreneurs is don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to fail because no matter who you talk to in this world, they've probably had a failed venture at one point. So I, I, think, I think that's a big deal. It's, I was actually going to go there next because we talked about how you've had several businesses and so forth. And, so, and some of them probably successful and some of them may, may not have worked as well as you thought they were going to work. Yes. Um, but taking that risk right. right, and making sure, like you said, not being afraid to fail and taking the risk. Did you pr do you go into it thinking, well, if I fail, you know, that's okay? Um, how, do you, how do you go into these businesses? What, what's your mindset? Well, you have to hedge your bet. You have to know what you're going to put into it. Money, time, intellectual capital. Because, you know, time is valuable. If you're a CEO of a, a, a profitable company, your time, you're giving up profit from that company to start something else. So you have to understand what you're, what, what you're risking and what your reward could be. So I, I've, I've done a couple of companies that I didn't have to put much into. One of them made it really well and one of them did not. And then I've, I've got a company now that I've been investing in now for five years and we think we're just now getting ready to turn the corner. Great. Yeah. So patience. Yeah. Patience. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of patience. Patience and a short memory. <laughs> <laughs> but also being prepared to not give up. And right. like you said, you've been investing in it for five years. So you obviously think it has the potential to, to do well. And the other, the, the other two things that I always tell young entrepreneurs is research. Find out if someone's doing it because you'd be surprised. Mm. If you're coming up with a unique idea, find out if somebody else is doing it. I keep dropping my microphone. Sorry about that. I'm going to hold it on my lap. There you go. There you go. <laughs> the, the dangers of going live. So competition and knowing the research, doing the research. Do, do your research. Uh, don't be afraid to fail and stay in your lane. Start a business doing something that you know or you're familiar with. Because so many people try to go into an area where they have no experience um, doing whatever in, in that industry. And then you have to learn on the fly. And that takes a lot of time and money. Yeah, I love that. You know, that's interesting that I, in all of the episodes that we have filmed or, or done live, stay in your lane has never come up. And that's so true. You need to know what, what you're good at, right? right? Um, and, and maybe where you need to surround yourself. And so I was going to talk a little bit about people. Because mm -hmm. when you're running all these companies, obviously, you can't be everywhere at every moment. No. And so how do you ensure that the company can 
can run while you're not there, that uh, the, the vision that you've set, uh, the people that are there you know, are working to move it towards that. What, talk about people for a little bit and what role they play. Well, Jack, if you ever read Jack Welsh's book, he said that 80% of his time was finding the right people to run his businesses. 80%. And this is a guy who ran General Electric, mm. you know. So, and it's true. If, if you don't have the right people in place, my generator company, I had a friend that served with me in the Navy. When I knew that he was about to retire, I hunted him down, <laughs> moved him back down to South Florida, and he's been with me for 15 years. Wow. Yeah. And so I know that I can go away and he runs a company the way that I want him to run a company. My other companies, I just hired a, um, a, a COO from a Fortune 400 company to run that company. And then um, one of my other businesses, I have a, a, a guy that's been actually running that company for 10 years, still there running the company. Wow. So you have, to, you, have to, you have to impart your wisdom and the way that you want things done and then trust people that they're going to be able to do it. And finding the right ones. Yeah. So for every one right one we find sometimes, right, there are five, maybe, maybe ten. Ten, yeah. <laughs> uh, that are not the right people. How do you deal with that? Because, right, that's not always an easy thing for most people. Um, I will tell you, I don't have a problem firing somebody. And, I, and because when they come to me, I say three things. I, said, I tell them, I say, give me your best effort. Treat the company like it's yours and never lie to me. And as long as you do those three things, you will have a job with me forever. And it might not be the job you're being hired for now, but I will keep you. Because those things, especially in South Florida, are so hard to find. Mm, exactly. So hard to find, yeah. So, and invariably, when I have to fire someone, they've repeatedly not one, done one of those three things. And they've been warned about it. And it comes time, you know, it's not working. Here's what happened. And... Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, because we, if we don't, as leaders, um, uphold the values, right. right? Those three values are critical to you. If we don't uphold those values, then we're sending a different message than what we're saying. Right? And, and, we're, and we're not doing the employee any favors either because maybe they need to take this as a learning experience and get back into a different industry where they're more familiar and they have a better aptitude for so they can have a better career opportunity. Right. Yeah, so right. Um, is there... Anything else? Um, I, you also talked about being in two episodes of PM Magazine. You've been on every magazine and every cover there is. I mean, um, I think, what, so what's next for Bob, right? You've done all of this great work in the community. Uh, you have helped transform organizations. You have built companies. Uh, what's next for Bob? Retirement. I have a three-year plan for retirement. So in three years, I don't know that I will, but in three years, I'll be able to retire. My dream job would be to run someone's foundation for them. Mm. That's what I would love to do. Give uh, out the money. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Right, yeah. <laughs> write the checks with someone else's money instead of mine. <laughs> So I don't have to write the tear stain checks. I can write the Listen, I just want to stop being relentless and not have to ask for money. Yeah. So that's, that's my thing. I don't know that I will retire, but to be able to be in a position where I can retire, that's important to me. And that's something I've worked very hard for over the last 10 years to, to make sure that no matter what the economy does, either way, I'll be able to do that and make mm -hmm. that happen. And you, we, we kidded about kids before and family. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so with retirement, right, we have the ability to spend more time with those we love. and um, uh, If my children wanted to spend time with me, that would be great. <laughs> well, they will. They're, when yeah. they get a little older, they will want to spend time Well, they're time all with old. Us, they're all right. adults and they move away. And it seems like the only time I hear from them is when something's broken or they need money. <laughs> Sometimes that happens yeah. with children. I get it. 
Um, but so having people in our lives, right, friends, family, yes. that's important. Uh, I know that you have an amazing supportive uh, circle. I do. I do. And, and, and you, of course, being yes. one of them. But Thank you. You, you know, you'll find that in any community, there's 200 people that comprise about 80% of the, the, the philanthropic circle mm -hmm. of that community. And you get close to those people because you serve on boards with them. You, you, you know, you give money to them, you get money from them and you get to, and, and you very quickly weed out the people and, and, and bring them closer to you that are that are that are good people and, and that that are like-minded and, and and believe in the things you do yeah so important have the same values sure, right um, sure. really really important so if you know i know somebody's probably already asked you this question but you know if there were something you could tell your younger self what would that be because you, you've done so much you know it, it's funny because I, I feel like my um my scars are kind of what makes me so the mistake, uh, of course, we wouldn't want to go back and make the same mistakes that we've made, but I, I, I kind of feel that what, what melds you into the person that, that you become is not only the good things that you've done that happen to you in your life, but the bad things as well. So for me to sit back and say, well, I wish this didn't happen or that didn't happen, but maybe I'm not, I might not be where I am today. So I would tell myself, stay true to the course. You know, you're, 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 you're going to come out the other side because there were times where I didn't think I was going to. That's so true. You know, it's so funny. Last night, um, Stephen Colbert had uh, Will Smith on mm -hmm. his show. Uh, I'm a late night person, and I, and I sometimes watch that show. And he asked Will this question, and Will kind of said the same thing. He said, you know, I, I'm not sure, first of all, that I would have listened if I had told my younger <laughs> self anything. That's a good point, too. Thank you. Um, but basically the same thing that, you know, uh, young people have to find their way, mm -hmm. um, and and so our job, right, is whether it's our children or an organization's children, our job is to give them the tools and the resources and the skills and the opportunities, right, right, to find their own way so that they can stay true to the course. And the other thing is, you'll find that other people's children will listen to you a lot more than your own will. Oh, that's yeah. true. <laughs> yes, I know. But, but I have, I, I'm very fortunate, I have two children, um, and they're, they're now at the ages where um, they may not admit they're listening, but they do, yes. they do watch, yes. right? I, I have found that sometimes our actions speak much louder Absolutely. than our words, right? Absolutely. They're watching what we do rather than listening to our words. Um, and so, so we have to set a good example, which you have. One done. of the neatest things that when I won my award at, at Junior Achievement, my son was in the audience. And I got back to my table and he was crying. And I said, you okay? I mean, are you hurt? <laughs> he says, no, I'm just so proud. Wow. Yeah. And he'll bring that up every once in a while. He says, I'm proud that you made this imprint on the community because I don't, I don't push it on him. I don't, right. I don't flaunt it, but I just wanted him to see that this is my world and he could become a part of that world too. And when I got back to my table, he was actually crying because he was oh. so proud of me. Yeah, that was yeah. a special night actually. That but was. you know what? You've set an example for him that giving yes. back is important to do. Yeah. So we're going to read your recipe, some uh -oh. of the things that you mentioned as ingredients uh, for your success and your company's success. So one was having people around you that support you. Yes. Um, clearly helping others and paying it forward. For the, right, for the right reasons. Yes. Helping people for the right reasons. Yeah, not for our own right. agendas, right? right? Uh, mentor. 
you love mentoring and teaching. And a very good friend of mine, Jerry Gotranto, and yours, was my mentor in business when I started out. So, you know, that's again, again paying it forward. That's why I do that. Right, exactly. Lack of complacency, adaptability, relevancy, right? Making sure that we stay relevant yes. as well as our companies. Uh, setting yourself apart, what makes you unique, right? And mm -hmm. so those two things. Building relationships. Discipline and commitment, which is uh, two things that you obviously in everything you've done has played an important role. A little bit of luck sure. thrown in for good measure, right? Sure. A little dash of luck. Uh, don't be afraid to fail and take risks. Uh, and then the last three things that I had was make sure you do your research mm -hmm. and know your competition. Stay in your lane. I love that one. Uh, and sometimes even in, within companies, we have to make sure we're all staying in our lane. Sure. Uh, finding the right people um, and staying true to the course. I think that is a great way to end this. It's a Navy term. That's that is a Navy term, um, but staying the course. And so you have, uh, my friend, trailed an amazing course in your life, much to be proud of. Uh, and many of us are very grateful and appreciative of the things you have done to build this community. Thank you. So I want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for being my friend uh, and for always supporting me. Yes. Because you're absolutely right about that. And so uh, thank you to all of you who have tuned in today. It has truly been an honor and a pleasure for me to have Bob here and to share the person I know with, with all of you. And so we look forward to the next episode next week on Wednesday. I know on Friday we will uh, release this in podcast form. Next week in episode three, we have Mark Alfieri from Brandstar. Uh, and so we're looking forward to having... Wonderful man. Yeah, yeah. isn't he a great guy? Uh, so we're looking forward to hearing about his journey to success. So have a great day, everyone. Look forward to you uh, seeing you next week. And let's get cooking. Thank you.